It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Welcome to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Midpack Runners. For Midpack Runners, I'm saying. And I'm Anthony. And in this episode, we're going to talk Christmas presents. Yes. This is Runners on Trail. Episode 25. So welcome back to Runners on Trail, and it's coming up to Christmas. Where did the year go? I guess a lot of us are asking that question. <laughs> the, the, the year went, sat in my kitchen, talk, teaching my daughter for six months. <laughs> That's where the year went. It's coming up to Christmas, and we've talked about a few bits and pieces in other episodes that have led up to Christmas, but we thought we'd knock out a quick episode that talked about a few things we think you might want to buy if there's a runner in your life and if you're the runner in the life this is the podcast you might want to play to the person who you might want to buy you a present <laughs> if that makes sense or just buy it yourself if you're living or by just yourself. Buy it yourself yeah absolutely or buy it yourself treat yourself it's christmas ask yourself some really hard questions before you press buy on amazon won't you or no or don't ask yourself questions just no, that, buy was a joke. It. that was a joke treat yourself treat yourself so look what we're going to do in this episode we're going to do five presents each uh one of which is over 50 quid two of which are between 10 and 50 quid and then two of what we're calling stocking fillers so those things that are under 10 quid each are we going to start high or are we going to start low higher higher we've got to, we've got to build up haven't we are we going down I, I think we go down. I think we should finish on stocking fillers. Okay, we'll go down then. Go All down. Right. So, shall I go first? Okay. So, my over £50 present for the runner in your life is... Drumroll, please. Poles. Okay. Poles for the runner. Right? And I can't really do the drumrolls because I've got a blanket over my head because I'm trying to get rid of some of the echo in the room I've been. And so much for me getting visual props to show you what I was meaning because you can't see them because you're under a blanket. And you can see the blanket, so that's good. I can, all I can see is a blanket. So yeah, look, poles. And why have I put poles down for Christmas presents? So when it comes to Christmas presents, one thing I feel is one of those things that the best Christmas presents I've ever had are those things that I want, but I kind of know I wouldn't have ever bought for myself. You know? Yeah. You want them. But you think, oh, I, I, there's other things I should be spending my money on, maybe. And so you, you then get that present and then you love it and it's brilliant. And I think for me, poles are one of those things that as an ultra runner or a trail runner, you can do without. You don't need poles for anything. And so they're probably the one thing that you can sacrifice and not spend money on. But they can be really, really useful, especially for those you know, races that have got 3000 meters plus of climb in them. Mm. And Ali Bevan put a tweet out last week, I think. Basically, it was a um, link to a study which took the results of lots of other studies on the uses of poles. And what they showed was that poles make you quicker, give you bigger endurance. That's both uphill and downhill. And they definitely talked about the benefits of poles when you're going downhill to take the load off your legs and reduce the strain on your quads. And the only downside of using poles that came out of those studies was that they can make you more prone to injury and in that you can overbalance if you're not using poles because you become reliant on the poles. Oh, okay. Oh, but, but conversely, by having the poles, you stop rolling over on your ankles or something. I mean, I've caught myself a number of times. Correct. And so my view on that was, yes, that bit's probably right. But as long as you balance your training of both using poles and not using poles, 
then you'll probably do all right. Yeah. And we know from our experience, you know, Transvulcania, definitely, and I know we go on about Transvulcania a lot, but it's, you know, 4,500 metres of climbing, 46 miles. That was a lot of climb. And those poles, I am absolutely sure, helped me uphill. But the bit where I know they helped me was on having confidence on the downhill to throw myself down that mountain. Admittedly, I only had one pole left at that point because I'd fallen over and snapped one in half. But other than that, I had that pole there and being able to, you know, take big leaps, knowing that it wasn't just my ankles and my knees that were going to have to absorb the blow. It was my strength of my arms as well. It made a huge difference. Okay, can we get specific about which poles? Because poles is when there's a number of items on the list on you know, or certainly on my list where I've I've it was the right thing to buy, but I bought the wrong one. And and you know, we both do a lot of research. So so where are you on the pole front? Right. So I'm using still black diamond carbon distance z poles and the i'm on my second set because i snapped my set on transalkania and the difference now on the ones i've got is the ones i got for transalkania were the fl z ones the ones where you could change the length of them with the flick lock Mm. so i could go from anywhere from 115 centimeters up to i think 130 and what i've now bought are the fixed length ones that are 120 centimeters because i found i never changed the length of them i always thought i'd change the length of them when i was going downhill and have them longer than when i was going uphill and having them shorter but i just never did mm. so i've gone for the fixed length ones which are much lighter than the ones that are adjustable in length yeah and how much do they come in at cost do you mean or weight cost uh you can pick them up actually for about 70 to 80 quid a pair which i think isn't bad i think i paid a little bit more than that but you can definitely pick them up for about that. Yeah. Well, I'm on my fourth pair. So not of those. Not of that. Those poles. No, 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 no. I'm on my fourth pair. I, I got, I got some ones that that bent when I fell over. Uh, I then got the black diamond ones that I think it was the summer spine just basically just wore through and the and the kind of you know where, where the button goes in just wore down and they just jammed. Yeah. And then I went for some cheaper ones that that bent on the first outing. I remember I was there when that happened. Yeah, they were down a bog. And then, uh, and now I'm on to like the most expensive ones, which are the, uh, uh, Lecky Micro Pro Trail ones, which is like 130 quid. But they've been good so far. But, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any answer which is going to survive hundreds of miles, unfortunately. Well, well, they won't survive you. I think that's what we need to make. So a few little points if you're going to buy them. Um, I think if you can get them in a light pole, People seem to think cork handles are better than plastic handles, and I get that. The poles I've got only come in a sort of plastic handle, but they're so light, 280 grams, I wouldn't want to get another pair of black diamond different poles with cork handles because they're so much heavier. Mm. 280 grams for a pair of poles is very, very light indeed. Yeah. So poles, you know, don't just hand poles over to the person you're buying for, and they look at you and go, what'd you buy me these for? But if they're going to do a race that you think they might need them on, if they're talking about a race that's got a lot of climb... And that you're allowed to use poles in, of course, because if you race places like Squamish, despite the climb, you're not allowed to use poles because of the width of the trails and poles can make you a bit wider. But I think poles are one of those things that people probably won't buy for themselves and will they'll appreciate you buying them. Yeah. And if they played you this podcast and they keep playing this clip over and over and over again, chances are they want poles. <laughs> nice choice. So how about you, mate? So how about for you, if you're going, if someone's going to buy you a present or someone's going to get you a present? Oh, by the way, in, in this podcast, we have to own the majority of items we're going to talk about. So I do own a pair of clearly black diamond carbon distance Zeb pops. Yeah. So, mate, over, your over fifty pound present, what would it be? So, so my my over fifty pound present is a pair of running shades or 
running glasses. Okay. I know we've mentioned it before, but but they are totally invaluable. You know, there's a lot of us who probably don't have great eyesight, and as you get older, everyone doesn't have great eyesight. So um, I've got a pair of um, Oakleys. They're transition lenses, and whenever I go running, I'm in a race, I wear them. So I wore them on Summer Spine. And basically, it was the Spine race, wasn't it? I, I needed something that could do with night and dark i have prescription lenses didn't want to take like multiple pairs of glasses with me so i got them um it doesn't matter what the weather is they kind of bend around my face a little bit they're kind of designed for sport they stay on my head wear them for like seven days non-stop and they're absolutely fine even wore them in the winter spine when it's dark for the most of the time and you've got um you know head torches and limited fizz i think it's a must and i think you know you can you can probably get ones sub 50 pounds if you've got good eyesight you just need some uh some you know something to kind of keep the sunlight out but you do spend a long time in the in the mountains don't you and if you're doing a long race in the summer people can get kind of eye damage just from being out in the sun for so long and i think they're an invaluable purchase for most people to have a pair and uh why, why not spend a little bit more than 50 quid yeah and i think specifically for you we're talking about prescription sunglasses or prescription transition glasses in fact for you you know and that's where the money starts to come in when you start to build in transition lenses into a pair of prescription glasses mm. and then factor in curved lenses like you get in sports glasses, you do definitely start to spend money. I mean, so I'm going to do a small drum roll here. Now tell us how much you spent on those glasses. Well, I didn't. They were bought for me as a gift. Sure. But I think the Oakley ones were like 300 quid. Yeah, it's a lot um, of money. But it is, but, you know, I, I you know, I have to wear glasses. So, you know, you're used to spending probably 150 quid, 200 quid for a pair of glasses, you know, for ones that are going to last you for years and stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what was the alternative? The alternative was, well, there was really wasn't one, especially for long races. You can't wear contact lenses 24 seven for like six days. No, you absolutely can't. You're absolutely right. Um, your eyes will just dry out, especially in the wind and everything else. Yeah. So there's kind of like, uh, there was just no option really. And they've been great, but, but, you know, you can get prescription probably ones, um, which aren't Oakley's for like, uh, you know, probably 150 quid or so, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, might be able to get them as a half price second pair for 75 quid if you, you know, if you're buying another pair anyway or something. Maybe. But it's definitely, yeah. I think that right. I think they're a brilliant present. Yeah. And if you're buying a pair of something like that for the runner in your life, they will be very, very thankful, especially yes. if, as you said, they're doing long, long distance stuff. You know, yeah. I think. I've worn contact lenses for 24-hour races, and I can get by with that. But by the end of it, your eyes, you're really starting to dry out, and it's not pleasant. And I've done contact lens changes during races, and that's not good either because you need to have really clean hands. You need to wash them and just wearing a pair of glasses. Yeah, I I don't like wearing glasses when I run, so that's why I don't do it. But I have worn glasses when I've run, and if I was doing anything over 24 hours, I definitely would just do it. Yeah, I think 24 hours is the most I've done with contacts before they just just fall out and just won't stay in and your eyes really hurt so um yeah yeah not great okay cool okay so my first item for between 10 and 40 pounds yeah and i'm going to be a little bit specific about this is a catadyme b3 water filter nice now you get that with a 600 milliliter soft flask effectively now i've read various things that say it will or it will not screw onto a wide necked flask like the ultimate direction soft flasks but anyway it comes with its own soft flask why have i picked it the reason i picked it really is down to my experience on the west highland way recently 
And then thinking back to other races we did. So, for example, the first race I did with Uthane, the Scarfell Pike Trail Marathon, where on both of those races, I've seen people struggling with water. You know, you've got water carries between aid stations or places where you can get it is a long way. And the beauty of the Catadyne B3 water filter is you literally just fill up your soft flask, screw it on the top and drink out of it. And if you're you're somewhere where there's loads of water and you're a trail runner and just want to go running in the mountains and hills what better you don't have to carry loads of water with you all day you don't have to use steri tabs you literally just dip it in the nearest stream as long as it's not full of of debris and drink out of it yeah and if it does fit your soft flask and i don't know if they do or they don't what better bit of safety equipment if you don't want to be drinking filtered water and i don't know why you wouldn't but if you don't just to chuck into your rucksack knowing you can filter water out whenever you need to. Certainly on the West Highland Way, there is no way you ever need to carry more than one water bottle, I don't think, at any point. Is it very wet? <laughs> I don't reckon I went more than 400 metres almost without passing a stream quarter of a mile <laughs> at any one time. And you, and you can just filter the water as you go. So it's perfect. It costs about 40 quid. And I think if you're, especially it's one of those things you won't just use for racing. If you want to go training and running out, just take it with you and you can just fill up anywhere, run for as long as you like yeah, yeah. and not worry about water. Now, I own a water filter. It's not uh, one of those. I used it on the West Highland Way, and it involved me stopping, getting the hose out, dropping it in a stream, pumping it till it filled up my water bottles. And you know what? If I had one of those, it would have just been so much easier mm-hmm. and so much quicker. And that's the point. If you want to use it for racing as well, it literally is the, it, the time it takes you to fill it up is the time it takes you to dip your flask into the stream and fill it with water. Yeah. Which is what? Second to? Yeah. I had the Catadine for spine summer, and then... And it just didn't fit my water bottles and it found it difficult to drink through. So I ended up going back for the pump. So Yeah. And, and I think different people have different results with them or different mm. feelings about them. Mm. So I'm not saying it's, it's a one size fits all or is perfect. But I think a water filter. Yes. A small one. Taking it with you. And it, then it treats it. You take turns to your, your trail runs into proper adventures. Then, absolutely. I, I think I think it's a, it's a good choice. There's several ways to do it, but but absolutely. That, that, that's one of them. I've still got mine. I'll probably still use it. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So that's it. That's mine. That's my, okay. my first 10 to 50 quidder. Okay. So uh, in my first one, I'm going to go for a Petzl head torch. Okay. I've had various ones, and I feel like a lot of my choices, I'm on my, my fifth one, I think on head torches, it must probably be about my seventh. So, so I've had some of the, a couple of the react, reactic, um, ones which where you, you, it changes the brightness. So you get an even level of light coming into your eyes, which work really well. Um, they tend to be more ex- uh, expensive. Um, so, you know, if you, if you look up into the darkness, it goes really bright. But then if you look at your, ha- uh, look at a map or something, it really dims down. But the, the battery life doesn't tend to be quite so great. And, and you end up with special battery packs and stuff. So they can be, they're, they're right for certain races. If you're only going to be out for a few hours, they're, they're awesome. But, but I've kind of gone back to favoring a kind of a, a standard Petzl. And, uh, I'm using the Actic one at the moment. Uh, the Actic one by Petzl. It's got various brightnesses, seems to do the trick really well. And it's £47.71 pence today on Amazon. And how heavy is that? Oh, crikey. Now you're asking. Not very heavy. It's two, well, it says here 299 grams. But I don't know if that's with, but it's only the small, we you know, a small one that fits on your head. It's only, that does seem a bit heavy. Maybe that's, oh, hang on. Head torches do tend to fit on your head normally. Yeah, but that actually, that might, no, hang on a minute. That, that's with the box. Take off the box. It's 90 grams. 
I can say that's a bit better. <laughs> I was going to say that's really heavy. Yeah, ninety grams. Yeah. So with or without batteries, I'm not sure. I'm guessing that's um, probably without. But but it's a, you know it's a standard small petzl. It's got several brightnesses to it, and it, it kind of that, that's my favoured one at the moment. I think what has happened over the last few years, I've noticed, is the uh, the brightness of any one torch seems to have increased. So if you look at any one torch model type and look back over the years, mm. you'll find they've almost been an exponential, almost in the same way as computers have, you know, almost doubling in brightness every two years. And so no wonder you've gone through a few, because I know from looking at head torches now that I can get a head torch that weighs a quarter of what it would have weighed two or three years ago for the same amount of brightness mm. and much more battery life as well. Of course, battery technology has moved on so much that you, your head torch tends to be a lot lighter, but tend to be a lot, a lot brighter for a lot longer. Yeah. But again, you know, a decent head torch, especially if you're going to be running in a race where you know you're going to be running at night, you need to be practicing at night. It's not just for the race. Yeah. It needs to be light and bright because chances are you might have to carry it for half the race or a lot of the race when you're not even using it. I mean, if I think about Transalcani, you had to carry it all day for effectively one hour of use in the morning if you finished in daylight like we did. Yeah, yeah. And for those ones, you get some really kind of small e-lights can't you and stuff as long as they meet the spec yeah. i mean on, on, on spine i mean in a, a lot of ways i'd have wanted a really big one with lots of light so i could see where i was going but the logistics are just too much you, you, you need special battery packs and things and you're thinking god it's dark most of the time how am i going to manage that so i just ended up going for some petzels and i just had batteries standard batteries just had loads of them with me and just you know my kit bag and stuff i'd see and then just add standard petals and just chuck them in it was nice and simple and you know you still get like 300 lumens out of the things it's plenty really these days yeah and i have to say i think if you're going to buy a head torch you need to think very very hard about whether you go for one with an inbuilt battery that you can recharge and one where you use disposable batteries now from an environmental point of view we'd all want to use rechargeable batteries but the amount of races that there are where they demand that you carry a spare battery with you. And yeah, if, and basically if, all. Well, yeah. <laughs> or most. And if you can't carry a spare battery for your head torch and you can't charge it while it's in use, then effectively it's a single-use head torch. You'd have to carry two head torches to meet the requirements of the race. So yeah. you, I think you need to think very long and hard about which head torch you're going to get. And I think ultimately, whilst I hate it, that for trail running racing, ones with that use normal AAA or AA batteries are probably better. But I don't, yeah. I don't like saying that. And I'd happily have someone come back and show me one that's got a rechargeable battery or one with, that where you can have two rechargeable packs that you can swap one for the other that are still light. And that's the point, that are still very light rather than being heavy. Yeah, yeah. And my one comes with a whistle on it as well look that's another piece of kit you don't need cause it's on your torch a whistle the, on your torch yeah it's, it's on the it's on the headband you know the the plastic which you kind of pull to get it to fit your head totally useless because every single race vest i've ever had comes with a built-in whistle <laughs> probably running with like three three, three whistles, whistles exactly. yeah. built into various bits of kit yeah. there you go so what's your second mid-range item then anthony okay my second mid-range item is something that I don't think people like to talk about too much. It's one of those taboo subjects. My second mid-range item is... The mind boggles. Sorry. <laughs> Running underwear. Oh, blimey. Okay. Running specific underwear. Pray tell. Well, so I've run 
you know, like most of us have done in shorts with built in liner. And I do that most of the time for my training. But when I run races, I tend to wear a pair of skin tight latex spandex, whatever you want to call it, compression style shorts. And you tend to have to wear a pair of underwear underneath those. And in the past, I've worn a pair of sort of cotton underwear that's been fairly minimal, but briefs, briefs, yeah, but but smugglers. Yeah, yeah, but very brief briefs. And I, I, I wore a pair on the West Highland Way. I guess they were at the end of their life anyway, but I literally wore them through to the point where th- they had big holes in them. So I went out and invested in some runderwear. Oh, I've heard about this. I don't have any. Yeah. No, I bought the briefs. You can either buy briefs or boxes. What they call boxes. You know, yeah. They've sort of got a slightly longer leg on them. I bought the briefs. I cannot say they are the most flattering pair of pants I have ever worn in my life. And to be fair, when you put them on, you look a bit like Action Man with his built-in pants. <laughs> but they are so comfortable to wear running. They're made out of merino wool. And you know, there they make sure all the seams are in the right place. They say they're seamless. They clearly have got some stitching in them. But there's no seams around the bits where you'd not want to get rubbing. <laughs> yeah. And they are absolutely fantastic. And as we move more into the winter, when the chances are we'll all start running more in tights... Again, you probably want to have something in there to um, hold everything together if you're a bloke. And I'm, I'm sure ladies have, you know, very good reasons for wearing underwear as well under, under their tights. So, you know, I, I think they're an absolutely fantastic investment. They cost somewhere between 20 and 30 quid, depending on which type of pair you get, which I ex- accept is very expensive, potentially. But actually, not necessarily that much more expensive than you pair for a decent pair of pants anyway. And... Um, yeah, I said they are absolutely fantastic, and I'm really enjoying wearing them as much as you can enjoy wearing a pair of pants. Cool, that's nice. I, I might have to do that. I'm not. I've only. Um, I, we- I usually wear briefs, but I don't have any running specific merino wool type briefs. I have to give them a go. Well, as long as you don't mind being too funny about it, I have three pairs. I can lend you a pair. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm up for it. They'll be washed and cleaned. I promise. <laughs> Having been next to my junk. Cool. Nice choice. Okay. So what's yours then? What's your other £10 to £50 item? So my second £10 to £50 item is... It's an MP3 player. Okay. Blimey, it's like, this is another item that I've, I've gone to hell and back. I'm on my fifth solution and I, I think I was going to try it in UTMB this year, so I've not had much outing with it, but I think this is the one. Which is the one? The one specifically is the Victor Bluetooth MP3 player 8 gigabit. Uh, which has also got an FM radio on it and a voice recorder, which I use with wired sports in-ear headphones. Sports up, up to uh, 128 gig and it costs £21.99. That's pretty cheap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've had a, just had a cheap one. I've had a, I started off with a cheap one that lasted one and a half races. It was all waterproof for swimmers and stuff, but that just went for a Burton. I got another one which was reasonably cheap, like 20 quid range, and that went for a Burton as well. It just rate lasted for one and a half races. I then spent a bit more cash and got a, a Sony one that kind of goes in a band around the head. But that one just is awkward and the charging was difficult because it's built in batteries. And it, to be honest with you, it was just kind of uncomfortable because, you know, when you're wearing glasses and a band that goes around your head and a hat, it was just like, oh, my God. And it just used to k- kill me after about, you know, after like six hours. When you say a band, I mean, did you look like sort of like John McEnroe from the 80s with like a sweatband on your head? No, it's like this. Look, look, you have to come out under your blanket, mate. Look. 
So it's like this. Oh, one of those. I got it. Yeah, I, I know the one. It goes in your ears and then it kind of hooks around the back of your head and it kind yeah, of I got it. A, yeah, a band. Um, but there's just too much stuff around your head. Especially if you've got a head torch, a hat, one of those and glasses. Um, it's just like a mission trying to get it all balanced and uh, something not over the top of something else. So now I've gone for this, which is this this thing here. Look, can you see this? This is a small little item. It's kind of, I know it's in a bag. So at 22 quid, I've just taped over the kind of holes. It's not waterproof. That's about that's about the size of what, a Zippo petrol lighter? Oh yeah, it's smaller than that. And it's a lighter as well. And I reckon I had about, I think I had like 48 hours of music on it or so. Just random stuff, put it on random play. The battery lasts, I think, 24 hours or so. And to be honest with you, I was just going to buy another one for like um, UTMB and then just switch it out at an aid station for for a different one. But I could charge it if I needed to. Yeah. And it just looked like it had everything on it that I would kind of need. And it's quite light. So that is my item. It's the Victor Bluetooth MP3 player, um, which you can pick up for just under 22 quid. Well, look, and I think, you know, the important thing to think about there is a lot of people use their phones for music if they listen to music. But if you're in a really long race where you need to keep your phone battery in decent nick for safety purposes and you want to avoid having to get it out and play with it in the rain and we all know what touch screens are like in the rain then something like that's a really good idea now personally i don't like listening to music when i run i'd rather just listen to the world and that's but that is just me and of course if you're going to buy a present for someone make sure that's something they might actually want but i think something like that is really useful especially if it means you don't have to carry a phone on the run because things like iphones are really heavy yeah if you, and if you're not using them for things like Strava because you're using a GPS watch, then carrying something light like a an MP3 player rather than carrying your phone is a really good idea. I think it's that, that first point for me is the fact that you're there for safety and for other functions, not for playing your music because you're just going to run it down over a over a medium length race, yeah. which you can't do. And and I wouldn't use I wouldn't use it for a short race. But, you know, long races where you're just like, I need something to, you know, to energize me or keep me going. So I'm feeling tired or something, especially in the kind of day long or multi-day events. I think having one is, is really good. And don't get me wrong. I, ne- I never run with it on normally and I wouldn't have it on for, for most, you know, I'd probably only have it on for like, you know, 20, 30% of the time. It can make a big difference, I think, having it available. And we all know you like to have your sort of motivational stuff so oh, yeah. i suspect it's good for ha- good to have that sort of thing on there yeah i tell you one of the one of the challenges though is is how do you get music on you know for people like us of a certain age anthony uh we've got cds but in a in a you know the era of online music and digital rights management and stuff you can't just put music onto an mp3 player that you've got in the cloud because you know rightly is, is is protected and it's difficult to do but fortunately i've got enough old albums lurking around on my uh, computer that i can just stick stick it on so it's normally 80s rock <laughs> it's kind of the mix but you, you can also get like podcasts downloadable as mp3s as well and things like that so i think you can probably fish around online for stuff you can find it as mp3 and I'm sure there must be MP3 players that you can connect up to Spotify. Because no. if you've got Spotify Premium, you can download mm, tracks. Okay. So I can download tracks from Spotify onto yeah, my phone. I don't like think, I've not line. found a solution. I mean, I'm, I'm a Apple person and I've not found the ability yet to transfer it onto a device. It's not, not been possible. Okay. Well, again, someone else might ping us with an answer to that and we can we can stick that up on our Instagram and our Twitter if someone's got an idea of how they can do that. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, Apple Watch or something else like that probably does it now and stuff like that. But is it going to last long enough? Realistically, no, is the answer. I um, mean, I've got, I tried um, 
Apple AirPods as well, which I've, which I've got, but they just don't stay in my ears when I run. And even if they did, they'd only last like, you know, six hours. And then I'm still draining down the battery on my phone as well at the same time. So that's not going to work. So, um, yeah, it's one of these things where I keep it simple. I think for some of my items, I kind of find that you have to pay the money to get the good thing. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you Paying more money is the right answer. But for some of my items, it's like, no, keep it simple. You know, you don't have to spend a fortune. Actually, the best thing is something that's actually quite cheap and, and straightforward. And you can waste a lot of money. It's not one or the other. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So so now we're into the bargain. We're into the stocking fillers, less than £10. Stocking fillers. Yeah. So for my first stocking filler... I'm going to go for something really simple, and that's a silicon cup, either one that's completely collapsible or one that you can fold up and put in your running vest. Now, there's a lot of races nowadays that insist on having a cup that you carry around with you because they've gone cupless. And the idea is that you use that cup at every aid station rather than destroying the environment with loads of plastic cups that they throw away afterwards. What you can also get there, rather than one that just folds away and sticks in your pocket, is a collapsible silicon cup that goes almost completely flat but then pops open to be a fairly rigid, fairly decent cup. And if you're the type of person that likes going for a run with your friends and finishing up at a cafe and having a coffee, what better thing to carry with you in your back pocket and to give to the people in the cafe rather than using a takeaway cup or even one of their cups necessarily and just pop it open, let them use it and then pop your lid on it, go outside and carry on walking and chatting to your mates afterwards. A silicon collapsible cup costs less than 10 quid on Amazon. You can, you can get more expensive ones, but there's perfectly reasonable ones for 10 quid. And what a perfect little thing to find in your stocking on Christmas Day that you can then take out to the local cafe on Boxing Day when you're having your run and have a coffee with your mates. That's nice. like it. And then and you can use it in every race as well. And nearly all races now are cupless, aren't they? It's Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think for me it's an absolute no-brainer. I've got a little one that's fold upable, but it's not that good for putting hot drinks in from a cafe. Mm. A little collapsible silicon one that folds flat that then pops up into a rigid shape. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Like it. Good one. How about you? How about your, what's your first stocking filler? Well, I, I might have cheated a little bit because I've, oh, I've kind of, it's under £10, but I've got two and they kind of go together. So can I do my two together? Yeah. Okay. So I've got KT tape. Yeah, it, it, it's the tape that you get, which you can kind of put to help proprioception. You put it on muscles and you see athletes when they've got it on their legs and their arms, don't they? They're the kind of funny colour tape. Can I guess what the other one is? Can I guess what the other one is? Go on, go on. Is it Fleecy Web? It's Fleecy Web! <laughs> so um, this comes from the kind of the medics on spine and the kind of those longer races. And what, what they use is... Is they don't, they don't use, what would you call it? Well, what's the stuff you would normally buy? Compede or anything else like that. They all use this Fleecy Web and KT tape. And... And it works a dream. You can pick up the KT tape. I mean, there's loads and loads online, but for eight quid, you can get one which is like five centimeters wide by four and a half meters long. And Fleecy Web comes in for nine pounds on Amazon for five centimeters by three meters long. They kind of work together. The Fleecy Web, uh, you put on wounds. It's used in hospitals a lot. It's not very, it's got a little kind of um, cross pattern on the back of stick, of stickiness. 
so it's not all sticky all the way across it's lightly sticky so you can put it on things like blisters and it won't kind of rip them off or anything like that um so you can cut out a bit of that with a pair of scissors and then stick it on and then you can put kt tape over the top and kt tape doesn't um really stick it only sticks to it well it sticks a bit but not very much it's largely to itself and stuff and 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 that's really great and you can if you've just got some rubbing you don't need the fleecy web you can just put the kt tape on in fact my my son does drumming and um and he's got some for for drummers which you can just stick around your fingers if they're starting to get a bit um, a bit worn so yeah fleecy web and kt tape and for every race now i don't take compute or any of that other stuff uh moleskin or anything i take fleecy web and kt tape and i just cut it off before i go into little strips and bits so eight pounds for one nine pounds for the other but you know they're both they're both are kind of under 10 quid individually and they work as a pair and so that's my that's my stocking filler items i can heartily recommend fleecy web i had a little bit that I got from a chiropodist who sorted my feet out before I went to Canada for Squamish. And when I got rubbing on the second day of Squamish, it was fleecy web that I wrapped around my toe that was rubbing. And it was it was honestly like a miracle. It, it went from really sore to nothing immediately and survived the whole day. I didn't put any KT tape around it. It was just a bit of fleecy web wrapped around my toe. And it was awesome. Absolutely awesome and it would absolutely be my go-to before anything else yeah any other blister treatment or any rubbing treatment yeah absolutely fleecy web 100 brilliant cool so my last one is a bit more of a catch-all and we can debate we can have a chat about this and i you know welcome your suggestions on this as well but as a kid the one thing i got every christmas apart from chocolate money in my stocking was a book and i love books i i really do and running books in particular i find really inspiring and we've talked about books before that we love i've talked about born to run which honestly changed my life we've talked about feet in the clouds and at the moment i'm reading dina castor's book let your mind run which is effectively about how the mind can be a limiting factor or a massive advantage when it comes to running in a race and how you can use your mind as much as you can use your body. And I'm really enjoying that. On top of that, I think there's other books outside of running books that people might enjoy. And again, we've talked about Little Dave's Big Fitness Plan. I'm a big fan of Dave Kincannon. Uh, I love the way he writes. I love the way he talks about fitness and exercise. And if you're thinking that someone you'll get, want to get a present for would like a book on exercise without it being too passive aggressive in a you must go and lose weight here's a book on exercise but if you think they might like a book on how to get themselves starting to exercise i can't recommend his book highly enough dave Concannon's little dave's big fitness plan but i know you've got loads of books that you've read that you really love too and my point here is that there's loads of books available for under 10 quid not all the books I've, rec- I've said are available for under 10 quid although if you buy them secondhand they probably are and i don't think there's anything wrong with reused books I bought lots of books secondhand over lockdown and again, really enjoyed that ability to do that. And again, it's really good from an environmental point of view to reuse a book. Yeah, there's some, there's some good coffee table books as well, isn't there? They're yeah. Made, they're probably over £10. What else did I buy recently? Um, hang on a second. I'm going to come out from under my blanket and grab it off the shelf. Hang on. And while you're doing that, I bought a book the other day for food, trail food, which you can cook at home. Oh, yeah. And put in little parcels. That, that's really cool. Is that the one that you made those rice balls from? I did. Did you like them? They were really, really good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. What did I buy recently? Southwest Trail Running by Mark Rainsley. And I've not run any of the runs specifically from his books, but I've run some of the routes 
that are in the book as part of races and stuff and they all really look really really good and it's actually given me some great ideas to go out and try some different things different places to run so that's cool now of course the only disadvantage of that is the chance our person you buy it for when they take it out their stocking on Christmas Day is then just going to get engrossed in it and not bother helping you out with any of the cooking but um, <laughs> so, uh, maybe save it for a boxing day book but yeah I think a, a nice running book is a good and useful thing to have and as I said there are plenty out there you'll know the person in your life you'll know what they're interested in reading and what they might like to read yeah and go out and do a little bit of research it's not hard to find a lot of good running books so what did I get I, I've I've bought previously uh, quick strength for runners which is like an eight-week program for strengthening you up I've bought one on I bought one on fixing your feet that was quite good for inter- injury prevention how to deal your blisters tribe on homecoming and belonging which is a bit about running stuff I bought the ultra ultra running essentials training essentials for ultra running do you, do you recommend all of these books having read them yeah, they're all good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I never finish any book. So um, you know, <laughs> that's just me. But I like pictures. <laughs> uh, Science of running. Um, Anyone wants to buy a Christmas present this year? The Dandies sounding quite good. <laughs> the Dandy album. Feed Zone Portables. That was the one for food. That's really good cookbook. Anyone who likes cooking their own food and running, uh, I would recommend that one. The Feed Zone Portables. Trying to do those at the same time is quite difficult, though. Yeah, yeah. You can burn yourself and, really uh, easily. And I'm reading one at the moment called The Rise of Ultra Runners, but I won't get through that either. Is that The Rise of um, the Ultra Runner? Right, yes, it is. The rise, rise of the Ultra Runner. So we have we have lots of books. We have lots of books. So yes, go and buy books, if nothing else, to fill stockings. But look, there's loads of running gifts you could buy for people. And if, if you don't like anything that we've said, hopefully we've just made you think about the runner in your life. Or if you're the runner in the life... You've dropped this onto someone else so that they can have a hint on things that they might want to buy for you or at least to think about buying you something runnery for Christmas. So if you're with a runner in your life and they're playing this in the car uh, or in the house, uh, and especially if they played it more than once, take heed. I'm going to cheat now. You can't have another one. You're going to do some also uh, runs. I, I'm going to cheat. I don't care. You want to do some also runs, don't you? Because well, my, my fleecy web and my KT tape I had to do together. And while I was searching for my items, guess, guess what I found? Oh, what did you find? Cadbury's cream eggs. <laughs> cream egg. Well, more specifically, this is a Cadbury's caramel egg. The best before date on it is the, um, what's that? The 1st of the 7th, 2019. But, you know Eat what? It. It's, it's a best before date. It's yeah. not, it's not a use by. So that's still legal, isn't it? I, I'm, you have that. I'll tell you the one other thing that I try and get the foil off of it. The one thing it. I didn't put in. So I'll quickly chuck it in as an also ran on the over 10 but under 50 quid is a splash map tube so splash maps if you don't know about splash maps they effectively will put any map that you give them or can have from ordnance survey onto a piece of fabric and they do effectively a yeah like a buff sort of but with also with a tightening cord to hold it around your neck Mm. and if you want to do that for your person you're buying for of a map of somewhere they go running locally a lot or a race they're going to do i think that's something that's really quite cool to have and afterwards it's a memento of the race or the run as well as the other stuff they'll get from there so that's my idea also ran it is a splash map yeah sorry i'm finishing but the tube one and the reason the tube ones are great as well is because you can use them as a face covering okay they're doubly useful yes you can use it as a sort of buffy type around your neck to keep your neck warm but also then put it over your mouth and nose to act as a face covering cool so there you go. That's some ideas for Christmas. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners on Trail. I've seen you. 
You can email us at runnersontrail at gmail.com. You certainly can. Please do subscribe to the podcast. Have a great Christmas, a fantastic new year. And enjoy the trails. Runners on Trail.